Reis. Welcome to another edition of Truth and Rhythm, brought to you by FunkinSlift.net. This is the interview show that gets deep in the pocket with contemporary music's foremost masters of the groove. I'm your host, Scott Dr. Jake Skolfein, musicologist and author of Everything is on the One, The First Guide to Funk. If you don't have your copy, get on over to Amazon and pick one up. You'll be so glad you did. Whether you're watching the video version of this at FunkinStuff.net or on YouTube or listening to the audio-only podcast version from providers like iTunes and Spotify, as always, I thank you so much for your continued interest and support in the show. Speaking of which, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives. All kinds of goodies you'll get uh, early premieres, and it's all free, so make sure you sign up. Tell a friend. Tell family. Also, get your official Truth and Rhythm and Funk and Stuff gear at the FunkinStuff.net store. Cool stuff like I'm wearing right here. Truth and Rhythm shirts. Show your support and love of the show and also the musicians and the music that they represent. Um, also want to give a shout out to the Funk Exhibition Center and Hall of Fame in Dayton, Ohio, of which I'm very proud to be an official Funk Ambassador. Go to thefunkcenter.org to learn more and keep the funk alive. And now, with all that, it's time to get on with the show. Enjoy. I'm delighted to welcome to the Truth and Rhythm Mothership a man who not only spent years as Prince's personal bodyguard and provided similar services for others in that camp like Vanity and Morris Day in the time, but also worked concert security for at least a dozen leading funk and soul acts of the 1970s and 1980s. That man is Wally Safford, whose recently released memoirs book is titled Wally, Where'd You Get Those Glasses? My Life Through the Lens of Parliament. Pendergrass and Prince. Here's a copy right there. Recommended highly. Wally, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Great, great. My pleasure. My pleasure. Outstanding. Always, always good to connect with the Purple family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lifelong um, for me. Uh, where, where are you coming to us from today? Uh, the, uh, Southfield, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan, the D, coming out of the D, Detroit. Yeah, so, and that's where you hail from, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. The Mo Motown, Motown. Motown. Yeah, there you go, Motown. Yeah. So you, All the magic happened. Yeah, what, what was it like uh, growing up in, in that musical environment? Oh, man, it's like going to Disneyland. You know, it, it, was, it was an adventure every day. You know, um... Growing up, you know, being around the Parliament Funkadelics and the Dramatics, um, Temptations, Supremes, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. I mean, it was a normal day on my block because, you know, you you can you'll see them, you'll see them every day. You know, uh, you know Levi Stug from the Four Tops, you know stuff like that. So, did that inspire? I mean. All that music inspired more great music, right? So it's like just kind of well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, as a kid, you know, I I wasn't looking to get into the business. It just happened. It just happened. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. You know, with the Commodore tour. Yeah. You know, seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven. You know, um, the Commodore Lionel Richie. You know, he was an amazing guy. He's an amazing guy. You know, that was the Lionel Richie and the Commodores, but no one believed me when I told them that until Lionel left. It was Lionel Richie and the Commodores. What, what year was it when you uh, hooked up with them, Wally? Uh, it was 76, 75, 76. 
Yeah. So like around the Sweet Love era. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Three times, three times a lady, brick house, all of that. Yeah. But how how did you first kind of fall into doing that? Um, doing security for my brother-in-law and his um, partner, Quentin Perry and Billy Sparks. Billy Sparks. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and in reading your book, I mean, I was amazed. I had no idea you came from such a huge, a huge family. Yeah. Wow. So tell the people you're like one of 15 or 16? 15. Wow. And the baby, right? Absolutely. <laughs> How how many years span was there from the eldest to you? Say it again. How 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 old was your oldest sibling? Well, I got a sister in her nineties in Cleveland. Wow. My oldest sister Thelma, she's nineties, ninety-three, ninety-four. Wow. So what about the way that you came up, do you think made you suited? to do the security type of role? Well, uh, my upbringing, the Nation of Islam, you know, I, I had the security training. You know, I was, I was, you know, we were, we was a perfect fit. You know, me and the Purple Gang, we was a purple fit. So you worked the uh, Commodore's tour. Did you, did you ever run into, uh, you know, did you have to knock any heads together doing that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a thinker, Scott. You know, I, I, I diffuse situations. I don't cause situations. You know, I'm, I diffuse a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can walk away from, uh, you know, craziness. Just walk away. You know, it's okay to walk away. But I mean, if, I mean, I had got my hands dirty. You know, I mean, didn't have a problem. You know, that didn't happen to the dirty mind to her. So, but after the Commodores, you had a few more steps. You mentioned uh, George Clinton Parliament. Uh, that's a wild scene. What can you? Oh share, yeah. What yeah, can yeah, you share yeah. with us from being on the road with those guys? Oh man, I did. Um, I did everything. Uh, I I saw. I did everything. Sell popcorn, concessions. I did everything with George and them. Security, everything. You know, George was. Um, George was. Um, was he? He was. Um, he was he, George a genius, man. He's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius, man. You know, George, I just, you know, that was the funk. You know, that was Parliament Funkadelic. But, you know, I was seeing George and them around the city in Detroit at United Sound and in the neighborhoods in the backyard rehearsing and stuff. So it was normal to see them, you know, back back in the day when um, uh, Fuzzy Haskell and all them was together with um, – um, Glenn Goins, they were playing on the recreation bandstand shells, you know, in the, like at the at the music, not the amusement park, but the the ethnic festival downtown on the water. You know, that's when I first encountered them in the early seventies. So, had you been to any other concerts before you started working with them? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. You get to see the mothership land. Oh yeah, I seen the mothership and where it was stored at. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, and those were some crazy shows because they played such big venues. Well, they played uh, stadiums and they played um, arenas. You know, big arenas and stadiums. Yes. One Nation Under Groove tour. Yeah. So you said you sold concessions. Were you selling flashlights? <laughs> yeah, the Bob Gun, all of that. I was yeah. selling everything. <laughs> Oh yeah! Wow. Um, how was that audience? Was that audience more rowdy than like the Commodores audience? Oh no, no, that 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 P Funk crowd is all totally different. They smoking the bomb. They smoking that Kush. They smoking that mar- marijuana. You know, they smoking marijuana and having a good time. Yeah. So they were generally mellow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Except for, you know, I went to a Bootsy concert in 78, and some of those guys were doing the Angel Dust, too. And that wasn't... Well, that, that, whatever was on the market, they did it. Yeah. You know, whatever was on the market, they did it, Scott. And who else, uh, who are some of the other people that you uh, worked with uh, prior to Prince? Earth, Wind, and Fire. 
um, Earth, Wind, and Fly. I worked with uh, Teddy Pendergrass, mm -hmm. Luther Vandross, the OJs, uh, Barry White, uh, Confunction, LTD, uh, Heat Wave. Let me see who else. Heat Wave. Um, it's so many. I mean, uh, Clark Duke Project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, George Duke, the Stanley Clark Project, uh, the Jazz Crusaders, uh, War. War with Lee Oscar and Papa D and them. You know, um, let me see who else. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh. Uh, Bob Seeger. Another Detroit guy there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Night Moves, you yeah. know, that's, yeah, so, oh, yeah, so, you know, Bob's uh, manager, Bill Blackwell, and my brother-in-law, they was roommates at uh, Michigan State. So is that how you kind of um, went from one to the other? Was it just people recommended you, or? Well, well, I, like I said, we always worked with my brother-in-law, Billy Sparks, and Quentin Perry, because they always had Prince's tours. You know, because Prince toured during the winter. Okay. So of all those groups you mentioned, other than Prince, um, which uh, one or two stands out the most for having, you know, you just what seemed the most amazing to you performance-wise? I mean, his Prince's tours? Other than Prince, those other acts that you all named, who, who do you think um, was the most amazing performance? Wise. I would say Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Yes, and Stevie Wonder. Don't don't leave out the uh, the genius now, Stevie Wonder. Okay, you did Stevie too. Yeah, Stevie wow. Wonder, Amaze, Frankie Beverly, Amaze. Mm -hmm. Man, that's a who's who of all the greats. Yeah, I was at um, I was at Frankie when they recorded that live at the Sanger Theater in New Orleans. Oh yeah. I, I was on that tour. Wow, mm -hmm. that's a classic right there. Oh yeah, uh, and Earth, Wind, and Fire—they were were they doing the uh, you know illusions and stuff like that by the time? Yeah, yeah. Doug Henning was uh, the illusionist. David, him and David Copperfield. Yeah, so they were, you know, the music was there. It was just what gimmick they was going to have. You know, it was like what gimmick? What gimmick are they going to come up with next? And you know, people knew the music was great, but they was just wondering what 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 act or gimmick they was going to come up with so you know they had the silicone the pyramids and you know the, the capsules they disappeared in verdine on the cables oh yeah flying through the air you know they had freddie on the drums spinning around mm -hmm. did you go out of the country with them no just the u.s okay I didn't have my passport then. Were you by chance uh, working with them in 79? Yes. Because yeah, I saw their forum show. I think it was, it was either 8, 78 or 79. The LA Forum, Los Angeles. That's where I was living then. Yes. That's when they had the pyramids, right? I think they were in the pyramids. Yeah, I don't remember. Unfortunately, so long ago. I don't remember that much about right. it, but that was... That was the big show that I saw there. I have the program somewhere, so I have proof. <laughs> and, right. a t and a T-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think the T-shirt was like the Phoenix symbol. Yes. With the wings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So So you first uh, connected with Prince in, in what year? 79. 79. Mm-hmm. I saw his first West Coast show at the Roxy in Hollywood in 78 or 9, um, mm -hmm. right around that time. Um, he only had uh, the second album out at that time. Okay. I Want to Be Your Lover was out. So is that when you connected with him, when that second album was out? Yes. And what was, the, what was your experience uh, first meeting him? Well, I said this kid, kid is something different. He 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 got the it factor. You know, he he was just something different. You know, 
You know, I, I mean, he was opening up for Rick James, you know, and and he was just burning up the charts with that Prince album. Because, you know, he didn't tour with the first album yet. You know, that he didn't come out to the second album. There's been so much uh, talk about that Rick James and Prince tour. Did you sense any tension uh, between the Rick and Prince on, on that show? Well, you know, they stole some of his equipment. Yeah, it was a little riff, you know. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know any pun in 10. I don't know if it was just for pranks or what. I don't know. But um, he was, um, he definitely was, um, it was a little, little jealousy there. It was that the tension was there. Jealousy of Rick of Prince or Prince of Rick? No, Rick of Prince. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the opening act, you know, got you working harder when you come on the stage. Scott, that's not a good thing. You know, that's not good. When you when you you got the the opening act, got you got to work hard to get your crowd back up. You know, most of them just walking out before the show is over. You know, because Prince, he wore him out. He wore him out. Ironically, Prince experienced a little bit of that himself a couple of years later with the time opening for, for him, well, right? Absolutely. What goes around comes around, right? <laughs> absolutely. I saw the, uh, it's like 82, or I think, was the uh, Prince Vanity and Time show at the Long Beach Arena. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, it was at yeah. that one. And the time, man, they kicked butt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh the time, oh they they was pushing they was all smashing on all cylinders when they came out. You know, it was um it was it was a it, it was a, it was a hand he didn't expect that project to take off like that, Scott. He really didn't. He didn't expect that to take off. But hey, you know, as it it was written, you know, they he had to take them off for some of the billing because you know they, they was they was they were they were too much too much to handle especially like in the big cities new york and la you know he didn't want them on the show and then they they were kind of too much off stage too right from what i was hearing in the in the hotels and everything oh yeah yeah oh yeah they was wild and loose yeah it's they was wild and loose like the song yeah Oh yeah, yeah. So um, there we go. Can you see me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can see you the whole time. It's just now you're a little bit lower in the picture. Okay. So, um, but you also uh, work with, uh, yeah, did security for the time themselves, right? Yes, with Morris. Yes, and the and, guy. Yeah. So, but in reading uh, from your book. It sounds like that wasn't very hard work. It was kind of just a lot of fun. Well, it was fun and work. It was fun and work, Scott. You know, I mean, I mean, I still had to do what I had to do. You know, keep Morris and them and the guys safe. Well, you know, more so, we we're more bonded like brothers, though. You know, it was like like a fraternity. I see you got that you're wearing that Laker Nation hat on, Scott. <laughs> that purple and gold. Yeah, well, I'm a fan, Cole lifelong B, fan. Cole B. What? Kobe, Kobe. Oh man, yeah. Um. So, but when you first met Prince, like most people say, uh, he didn't say much to you, and it took a while to build that trust. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, when I first met Prince, I wasn't talking to Prince at all. You know, I mean, as the years went on, we started communicating because we had we had to take him to and from the venues. You know, so we eventually just started talking, communicating. You know, Prince was a shy kid back then, a young shy teenager, a young adult. Yeah, he was a young shy guy. You know, so he didn't just friend anybody and everybody you know so you know he was kept more more to himself kept that mystique that nostalgia that mystique there was there anything in particular wally that kind of helped really break the ice between he and you where 
that you started talking a little bit more? Mm, well, when he hired me, we started talking more. You know, I mean, he didn't make a song about everybody, Scott. He made a song called Wally. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're, 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 it's, it is written right there. You know, I don't need to say no more. You know, he, he, he made a song called Wally. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he felt pretty comfortable with you. Why do you think maybe he uh, felt comfortable with you? Well, my birthday, November the 10th. His mother, Maddie Baker's birthday, November the 11th. My Tate's birthday is November the twelfth. It's in the signs, you know. He <laughs> he was good, but he was good with Scorpios. Huh? He was pretty close, you know. Maddie is first, the first woman in his life, his mother, you know. And then my Tate was his soulmate, and I was his brother mate. Wow. So you were there from '79 till '87. 88. 88, so almost 10 years. Yes. Um, you were there for the meteoric rise to superstardom? Oh, yeah. You know, from, you know, the Prince album, uh, Dirty Mind, Controversy, 1999, Purple Rain, Around the World in the Day, Sign of the Times, Parade, I mean, Parade, Sign of the Times, all of that. You know, I was with him when, when Purple Rain, you know, he had the trifecta. He had the number one movie, he had the number one album, and he had the number one tour. Yeah, as a as a fan from, like I had said, I saw him at the Roxy all the way back in 78, and I was a fan from, from then on. Um, seeing him rise like he did was just amazing, and it was also thrilling, you know, because I was a fan from the beginning and told people, this guy is something special. And they're like, yeah, oh, sure, absolutely. sure, Scott, you know, and then he blew up. Um, what was it like being on the inside, seeing that just rise happen? Um, it was normal for me because I, I wasn't new to the game. I was true to the game. I've been around the game already. So watching him rise like that, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing, you know, but I didn't treat him like a superstar. I treat him like, um, Prince Roger Nelson's, you know, like a normal human being. I mean, that's why we got along so well. Because, you know, you got to have some normalcy in all the craziness. Yeah. So you helped keep him grounded a little bit? Oh, yeah, I, I did keep him grounded. Yeah, you know, so, you know, I don't know what happened after I left. You know, I, I didn't know that. You know, I, you know, I mean, we still talked, but um, we, we didn't see much of each other. Yeah. Um, I was at that um, parade show in 86 at the Wiltern Theater in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 That was the uh, period where uh, you started really stepping up and some of the other guys being more yeah, visible. Yeah. Um, oh, everybody said that was the baddest show ever. It was great. It was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. were working a little bit up there. Yeah. Yeah, we've working a little bit. Yeah. What was it like for you, actually, uh, getting into the act a little bit? Well, I, um, I just, I was still, I was in the act, but I was still doing security for him on stage. So, the, I, like, I, they titled me the Dancing Security. So, that's what I was, the Dancing Security. So, are you uh, kind of having to be uh, hyper alert while you're up there on stage? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when he had fans come up on the stage, you gotta, you gotta really watch him close then, because you know you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I mean, Prince touched a lot of people's lives. Did Did you ever go uh, with him when he wasn't doing a show? Like in '83, uh, Parliament Funkadelic played the Beverly Theater in Los Angeles, and I was at that show. And they say that Prince was backstage at that show. So did you ever uh, hang with him when he went places? Different concerts? Yeah. Yes. So did you happen to be at that one? No, I wasn't at that one. But no. I was at Madonna, Janet Jackson, and Jackson 5. Uh, you know, we went to a bunch of shows. And did you Kansas get to... Brown. Did, 
did you get to go to the Oscars or any of those award shows, American Music Awards? Yeah, I was I was I was on American Music Awards and I was at the Oscars. Wow. So even with all you had done before, you had never got to do that before, right? No, and and I, and like I said, it wasn't for me. He wouldn't have that Oscar, so they left it on the airplane. I had to go back and get it in the overhead compartment. That's how that Oscar ended up at, at Paisley Park because he left it. It was left on the plane. I had to run back and grab it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's history. What's that? I said that's part of the history. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh was he grateful? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um what do you think in all the time you were with Prince was his greatest I mean, he had so many talents, but is there anything in particular that you thought was most amazing about Prince? I mean, he was just an amazing person, period, like a modern-day Mozart. I mean, you know, he was that guy, you know. He was the it factor, you know. He had it all. You know, he had Jimi Hendrix, Jane Brown, all that is wrapped in one. Most underrated guitar player, though. Mm. Yeah, I thought that um, one of the really amazing things about Prince to me was he actually seemed to get better um, as he went, you know, like a oh, lot absolutely. of, a lot of uh, most musicians, you hear them and they kind of stay the same, but he right. just kept changing and elevating. and Absolutely. Man. I mean, he always turned the heat up. That's what he did. You know, he, I mean, great ballad writer. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the greatest ballad writer ever known, you know, like I said, the modern day Mozart. And you also had some vanity duty, right? Well, yeah. Well, you know, that was easy. You know, the girls wasn't no problem. You know, they wasn't, the girls wasn't th that difficult. Weren't there some jokers that were trying to get next to them? Um, well, well, they were never out and exposed like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they went out, but not that much. I think they only toured maybe that one time, right? Uh, I believe so. I actually uh, dog-eared uh, some things in your book I wanted to uh, mention. Um, you mentioned here at some point that uh, he, he uh, Prince had an offer or could have uh, worked with Lewis Johnson, the brothers Johnson, but it didn't happen? No, no, no. Lewis Johnson, Prince was at Capitol's recording studio recording. And Lewis asked me to ask Prince, did he need a bass player? And he said, no, he don't like all that thumping. So, <laughs> you know, so that, that was that. I found that pretty funny because, you know. Well, Prince was a funny guy. <laughs> You know, this guy was hilarious. You know, Scott, you have no idea. This guy was unbelievable and very witty and canny and funny and smart. Yeah, definitely. You can really see, well, everyone can see how smart he was later on, I think, when he started doing more interviews. When he got older, you could see, man, he's, this guy was sharp. Um, oh, yeah. Um, what about some of the, uh, you mentioned his, his sense of humor. There was a lot of like sort of legendary practical joking going on with the time oh, yeah, and yeah, him. And... Yeah, he, he, he was a practical joker. Yeah, he was. He was always your mama jokes, you know, and pulling pranks on people, you know. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's who he was. You know, I guess we fed off each other with that, the mama jokes, you know. So that, I mean, I, I truly miss the guy, you know, he, that was my brother in spirit, you know, he was a good guy. Did he um, ever do any practical jokes on you? Oh, no, he couldn't get me. I mean, you can't put the joke on the Joker. <laughs> you know, you got big Joker and little Joker, right? So I was the big Joker. Little Joker didn't hold no weight. Yeah. Did you, you did know. you, did you ever help? Were you any, an accomplice? To any of his practical jokes? 
Uh, some of them, yeah, somewhat, yes. <laughs> you know, in uh, 87, thereabouts, I think you made a movie with Prince, The Hard Life, which... Well, yes. Yeah, I was not even aware of that its existence until <laughs> way later, you know? Wow. Yeah. So uh, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about what that was. Well, we were... We were in rehearsal and then we took a break and next thing I know he had a film crew come up in there and we shot that right there on the spot, you know, and, and so some of the, the crew, you know, they were part of the, the, the party and the, his guitar tech and drum tech and everybody, they was all part of the movie, the little short film. And did you have any idea going in what it was going to be about or? No. <laughs> I mean, that's how he was. He was very spontaneous. You know, I didn't know what, you know, I mean, all that was ad-lib. You know, we just right there on the spot. I had no script for none of that. Did you ever, did he ever say, or did you ever get a sense of what inspired him, why he wanted to do that particular story? And Well, you know, again, it was only two great ones, Scott. It was Ollie, then it was Wally. <laughs> You know, I, I was this guy. I was this guy. Make, I mean, it's it's, it's written. You know, I, I was I was his close friend. And then parts of that were in the Science Times movie, right? And, and what part of the movie? Were were parts of the hard life in Sign of the Times movie? Um, no. Or they were inspired some of the segues or. No, well, all that, that was, that was um, ad-lib as I went along again. The bar scene and the fight with the, the guy while he was doing the A-train with the, the guitar tech, David Rue. I just, I just ad-libbed that into the show. Okay. Yeah. And of course, love the hot thing performance. You're right, right. Yeah. I remember seeing that uh, movie in the biggest theater in Westwood, California when it came out. Blew me away. I mean, that's one of the greatest all-time concert movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was something. It was something else. Well, like I said, you know, I was, I was just, I was just blessed to be there in the, in the greatness of Prince himself. You know, that was just a blessing. What were um you know, the Revolution band members, like, did you get to know them very well? Well, it was all part of, we were, all, we were like family. We like family. Yes, you know, I mean, if I was, yeah, we got to know the Revolution because we was in the Revolution. You know, Under the Cherry Moon, Girls and Boys, Mountain Video. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, we was all part of the Revolution. Was there any... Um, kind of sticky, dangerous situation or hairy situation maybe where Prince was in danger or uh, something might have happened, but you kind of intervened in your role as security? Um, no, because like I said, we let the, the house security handle all of that. You know, mainly when he comes into arena or whatever, Scott, it's, it's pretty secured. But he felt just a whole lot better knowing you were around, I bet. Oh, well, I had his back. I had his back. You know, I, I mean, I, I didn't play. I didn't take no stuff. Still don't take no stuff. You know, before um, we got off for this talk right now, Wally, I happen to be watching the latest uh, Miles Davis documentary. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. that, but there's a clip in it with uh, Miles on stage with Prince. Yes. Yeah. Um, it looked like maybe 87 type area. New Year's Eve, yeah. Were you at that? Yeah, yeah, I was on stage with him. Okay. Wow, Miles and Prince. At uh, Paisley Park, right? I think so. Yeah. He was on there, Prince was doing, I think, part of the Sign of the Times show, right? It looked like it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I was on stage with him, yes. Yeah, because Cat was on stage. Oh, yeah, I was up there then. Yeah. Wow. What was it like? Um, you were there when Paisley Park got built, right? Yes. Was that exciting, knowing that this uh, place was coming to, to be? 
Well, like I said, when he did Round the World Today, I had no idea Paisley Park was going to become reality of Paisley Park for real, you know. Didn't know that. I had um, Alan Leeds on this show recently. Did right. You, did you get to know him very well? well I know Alan, yeah. That, like I said, we all family. Scott, yeah. we all family. My man, Alan. Yeah. Just came out with his book. Yeah, yeah, finally. Yeah, real glad to see that. Um, you have the story in your book about um, Prince's uh, encounter with uh, at Carlos and Charlie's with Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that was something. <laughs> do you think... Um, why, why do you think Eddie... So in, in the in the book, uh, it's about meeting and, and I guess Prince had some money and and it disappeared when Eddie disappeared. Um, and, um, you know, I guess it was not long before that when Eddie Murphy re recorded his hit with Rick James. So I'm wondering if there was any, you know, Rick James to Prince kind of thing there too. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, Prince was over Rick James. I mean, he was never envy of the Rick James. I mean, Rick was Rick, Prince was Prince, Michael was Michael, you know. Did Prince seem to care about Michael J uh, Jackson at all? Mm, no, because, I mean, the, I've never compared the two. You know, I mean, Prince arranged, composed, produced everything. Michael had a lot of producers and uh, people with around him. I never thought it was accurate really to compare them so much like people have done so what what inspired you uh to to do the book well um i thought it was time because you know Prince passing you know my uh, father's passing my mother's passing you know mr nelson passing you know it's, it was just time for the story to be told is there any stories uh that are not in the book well, I don't tell every. I don't kiss and tell everything. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna do all that. Yeah, actually, I think you had mentioned that in the book that there's stuff that Prince shared with you that you'll never tell because uh, I'll get in my grave. Yeah, I so. will. I certainly will. That, I mean, you know, that's a true friend. You know, it's like uh, Massacre, priceless. You know, you just don't. You just certain things left better left unsaid. And you also wrote in here how when you parted with Prince, uh, somebody else came and told you that your services would not be needed any longer. Yeah, that was Alan Lee's. Yeah. Uh, but you took it in stride, right? Well, I look at it like I was working for an automotive company. I got a pink slip. I got laid off. I kept right on moving. I mean, the clock don't stop. And then? Came back, came back to Detroit and got a job. Okay. So did you get out of security? Well, pretty much. I was raising my children. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was raising my two girls and two, three boys. Wow. So you got five of your own. Yes, and five grandsons. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, and but there were a couple of times afterwards that you did uh, a sequence at a show or come in contact, right? Well, when he came to Detroit, I was seeing him. Yes, I saw him when he came to Detroit. I mean, we didn't fall out or nothing. I mean, hey, it's, it's just business. Yeah. Well, so around the love sexy period is when you left, right? Yeah, I left, I left when they was rehearsing for Love Sexy, 88. Okay. Yeah. Was the Black Album happening yet at that point, or...? Well, the black album was out on the on the on the black market over in Europe. Uh -huh. It was already out. Yeah. Did you have a, a favorite Prince album or song? Um, I, I can't say. I mean, this guy was so talented. I mean, each one of his albums were different facets of his life. You know, is that that his music is his autobiography? Is his life? Yeah, no doubt. But 
Do you ever have your own favorite album? Favorite album? All of my favorites. <laughs> Very diplomatic, yeah. You know, I was looking through here, and I think one artist that you didn't mention, there's probably others you didn't mention too, but you also did uh, Security for the Isley Brothers? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty big one too right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ronnie Isley and all the brothers. That's when all of them was there. Marvin, Rudolph, O'Kelly, uh, Chris Jasper, Ernie. Yeah, oh, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal group. Yes. So what were you doing uh, in your life? What was happening in your life four years ago uh, when news uh, came of, of Prince's passing? Oh, I was working for AT&T. Yeah, I, I worked on uh, infrastructure, worked outside, you know, on fiber optic, large business, small business, uh, cell towers, you know, uh, underground cable, aerial cable. And like the rest of us, were you just completely shocked? Yeah, I was shocked. I thought it was a joke when someone told me that. I thought the guy was playing on my phone. You know, I mean, it, it changed the, it it it, it shape shifted the whole earth. You know, I mean, this guy, the whole world turned purple. Were you, you know, even as a lifelong fan, I was a little surprised at how much the world took notice when he left us, you know? Yeah, it kind of blew me away, too. But he was loved all around the world. Yeah, I'm so, I, I, as I'm sure you are, I'm so glad to see that in the aftermath, just that people are just keeping it so alive still. Well, you know, you have a, a certain selective group, the, the Purple Circle, you know, Purple Fams that uh, celebrate his uh, legacy every year. It, it went moved from April to June. So, you know, that's good. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure he's up in heaven smiling down on it. Hmm. I said, this man, man been going four years and still keeping chaos going on earth. <laughs> Only Prince could do that. Yeah, <laughs> no question. That's, that's why he called him Mr. Controversy. <laughs> you know, he kept that mystique, that nostalgia all the time. And do you believe uh, that there's as much in that vault as as they as we hope and think? Oh yeah, oh it's, it's tons of music, tons. Oh yeah. Did he do any other videos uh, and things like that besides uh, Hard Life um, while you were there? That maybe have not. No. Mm -mm. No. But a lot of concerts were filmed. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we look back on the whole deal, what was your most unforgettable memory associated with Prince? Most unforgettable? Yeah. Can, can you pick one that was just incredible that you'll... Oh, all of it was amazing, Scott. I mean, I can't pick one because... Every day was an adventure with him. You know, this guy was truly amazing. I mean, every day. I mean, I can just go down a whole list. You know, I, I couldn't pick a special one because every day was something special, whether we in the studio, Sunset Sound, or we at the house playing ping pong or shooting pool. And just laughing and joking the whole time, you know, laughing and, you know, I think my most memorable moment, one of them was when we first, when I first came to L.A. in December of, I believe it was 84, 85, and I didn't see no snow on the ground. I saw decorations up on the light pole, and it was 70 degrees. That kind of blew me away. <laughs> By me being from the Midwest, you know, it's snow on the ground. So I'm yeah. riding around the limo with him. It's 75 degrees and sunny. You know, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Couldn't believe That's what I grew up with. But now I now I appreciate the seasons being on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Um, is it true that he was uh, wickedly good in ping pong pool and, and, and basketball? 
Prince was good in everything he did. You know, he wasn't going to let you beat him. You know, everything. <laughs> but we had our battles. Super competitive, huh? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Sheila, he too. She's very super competitive. Now, uh, we were talking about he always kept you hopping, you know, and in your book, you talk about some folks who may, may have told him they couldn't do something, weren't there long. Oh, oh yeah, all the time. Well, the, the word can't, but should never, he said, should never be in your vocabulary. There's no, you know, there's no can't. We can't there's no such thing as I can't. No, just, you know, nothing beats a failure but a try and effort. Was, were you just kind of that way on your own always, or did you shape yourself to do that so that you satisfied what Prince expected? But I was already disciplined before I came on board. So it was like riding a bike when I got with him. And he was cool with you doing the other tours when he wasn't touring? Well, I mean, I w at, at the time, I wasn't on his payroll. But when I got on his payroll, I'm just exclusive, all exclusive to him. Okay. And, you know, the notorious uh, non-sleeping and doing things all hours of the, of the night and all that, I mean, did you get wrapped up in, in that at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still on that. I'm still nap. You know, I was about to fall asleep before I, you texted me, <laughs> you know, so I got, like I said, that's normal. So kind of taking little cat naps and then doing whatever. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. He would burn people out, uh, when he eventually. Oh yeah. I mean, man, I mean, who you'd be on no dose. You'd be like, yeah, toothpicks holding your eyelids open, all of that. This guy was a well-oiled machine, you know, like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> Constantly going, 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 and writing music, producing music, recording music, and rehearsing music. So, constantly going, 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 going. What's uh, what's current and what's next uh, for you, Wally? Well, I'm about to get this book tour, book signing tour going. Um, that's what I'm working on now. And then I've got a few other projects I'm working on. You know, just see what happens. Do you ever uh, go up to uh, Minneapolis uh, for those, you know, events? Uh, oh, the celebration? Yeah. Oh, yeah, one year, the eight, 2018, I hosted it. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, I go back. I, I go to Minneapolis quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, I hope that, you know, the legacy is never less than what it is now. And, well, uh, the younger generation, I don't know, Scott. I'm like, you know, they're like, ah, we in the prince, you know. But it's up to us to pass it on. The last, because we the last ones to pass it to them. Yeah, definitely got to do that. Yes. Well, the book again, there it is right there. Make sure to get yourself a copy. Thank you for uh, sharing these memories with all of us, Wally. Yes, yes. Yeah, go out and get that book. <laughs> Love one another and support one another. Yeah. Don't don't meet me there, beat me there. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Wally, for sharing that all with right. us God, and for being God, on the God, show. I'm glad I met you, man. I'm, you know, I heard a lot about you. Oh, uh-oh. Uh great things. <laughs> good. Well, good. I appreciate that. Yeah. And good care, Wally. All right, thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Right. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing. 
and it is a beautiful thing all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also drop me a line, email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. Thank you.